0: everybody. Welcome back to Recovering Church Girls. I'm your host, Tanya Adlita, and I have with me Patricia Lohan. I am so excited for this conversation. <laughs> uh, first of all, hi, Patricia.
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: now, before, well, yeah, I was going to say we were both saying right before we started recording how excited we are for this. Um, and please bear with us if we have any issues with our Wi-Fi. We are going cross-Atlantic here as Patricia is currently in Ireland for this conversation. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited. The other is that she's a feng shui expert and has been my personal feng shui consultant and I would be lost without her. She's also the author of Happy Home and the founder of Feng Shui Mastery. So when we're looking at the idea of spirituality and how it impacts our everyday lives, you can see why I'm so excited to have this conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So with off, that yes, being off.
0: said, I know I'm like, okay, let's just dive <laughs> right in. So first of all, let's talk yeah. about the fact that, that you are Irish born and bred and you're currently mm-hmm. in Ireland and that's such a strong, powerful location for mm-hmm. so much that happens spiritually. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about what your childhood was like and, you know, just kind of what your experience was spiritually from that
1: standpoint. Well, I think that this is such a great segue for exactly what I've literally been talking about lately in in terms of being in Ireland. So I grew up in Ireland and um, we have a very strong um, Catholic um, background, you know, um, in, into a Catholic kind of family, you know, going to church and all of that. But actually, um, my parents weren't quite of Goers, although it was kind of like we all went to school, we went to mass every, most most Sundays, and um, but it wasn't so strict. Now, the interesting part for me is moving away from the actual church and that rigidity of the church and finding spirituality myself through yoga and um, heading to the East, becoming a yoga teacher, learning um, and actually diving into using Sanskrit mantras and all of that to... A few years ago, coming back to Ireland, after living in India, coming back to Ireland and diving and learning so much more about Celtic mysticism and actually um, the pre-Christian, shamanic, pagan um, holidays and solstices and and that. And and this is quite interesting because we're literally recording this interview on Balthana. And that is one of the Celtic calendars, very auspicious or kind of sacred um, celebrations and um, so for me, this is just such an exciting conversation we'd have with you because I feel like, you know, that all for me, when it comes to like spirituality, it's really so interesting because they're all so linked with the same, with such positive intention behind them all and so many similarities Um But we think that sometimes we have to go so far away, but actually the land itself here in Ireland, where I'm from, is just absolutely imbued with um, sacred spirituality and um, the entire space is so Mm -hmm. cool. Like it, it just feels really amazing.
0: I love that. I love the idea of the land playing a part in in mm-hmm. all of this. And I was really struck by something yeah. that you said about this idea of, you know, starting in what I think many of us consider to be fairly traditional or maybe even stereotypical, the idea of mm-hmm. Irish Catholic home, you know, that kind of like yeah. all roll off the tongue together. Um, yeah. so what, what was that like from the idea of growing up in not only a catholic home but i would presume a catholic community to mm. then find your way out of that what was that process like for you the process
1: was um and this is so interesting it, uh, for me right now um i'm having a lot of epiphanies of like when i was a little younger girl my parents were not like avid you know um very staunch um uh like um, churchgoers, but actually I went through a phase of going to mass every single morning um and having a fascination with um the Bible and the stories of the Bible and the wedding of Cain and all these stories. And so I kind of feel like I had like this little spirit in like real spirituality inside of me from a real young age, but I wasn't really able to connect with it when it came to the actual church itself. And when I moved and it was quite interesting because when I left um, Ireland and moved to India, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like it wasn't the kind of like, I am leaving the church and I'm not going to leave it. Like it wasn't anything like that. It just, it just kind of like, I moved away and I, and I just, just wasn't part of my life. And my parents were very much of the, you know, you do what feels good for you and that was how they were with our careers with our you know education you know there was no like oh you have to do get this job or you have to do this so we really had a lot like we were quite like brought up quite freely you know Um, and and to know our own mind so when I started like diving into the spirituality and I remember like my first mantra class um I was still here in Ireland, and I was at a yoga class, and I really didn 't realize that like yoga was spiritual i didn 't realize that I was really diving into this kind of like beautiful esoteric world mm-hmm. that I absolutely adore now and for me, the physical yoga was the practice of like opening it up, so moving and transitioning did kind of have people like my parents kind of like were, wonder like is, is this like a cult <laughs> she's joining this yoga cult and um, but I think that the other part of it was that they saw me so happy mm. and they saw me transform back to actually that younger energetic version of me that I'd been in as a kid because I really started connecting in with my soul and with myself and my true desires and you know I think it's like when you see kids they just know what they want and they're going to do it and there's no there's no you know there's no ifs or buts they're not questioning or doubting they're just like oh this is what I want to do and you're like oh great like creativity and expression and all of that and that was really a big part for me was they started seeing that light that I had um that had kind of been dulled out Mm. because I had lost a connection to spirit um and I don't think I'd really had it that much, except when I was that little girl, um, being part of kind of that staunch like Catholic school, Catholic upbringing. Um, because I don't think it was taught that way; it wasn't taught that way. You know, it was like right. you have to say your prayers and you have to do this in the church, and you have to, you know, and be, you know, <laughs> you know. It was just it felt very like restrictive. Whereas mm-hmm. now I feel like. Um, and especially when I read and I've been studying a lot more of shaman- uh, the shamanic uh, world shamanic, shamanic um and kind of pre-christian and how all of the celebrations like all the pagan um celebrations and the celtic the celtic um festivals they all became integrated into and all of the they say the goddesses um became saints in Ireland so like the bridge saint bridget it was actually like there's there's beautiful like celtic stories about her um and it well, she was the goddess bridget so that she became the patron saint of ireland the the, the one of the painted saints of ireland um and it's like oh they just kind of like brought it into christian into the mm-hmm. catholic church into christianity as opposed to like integrated it in as opposed to like pushing it out and um, right. So when we kind of uncover that, it's like, oh, wow. But we didn't really, I don't, did we, this wasn't like taught to us in school. Um, so now when I see like, yeah, there was no real resistance for my family per se, or it wasn't quite difficult. I think my friends and that, that was, it was a lot tougher in terms of, oh, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're going up to mantras. And I went to the mantras class and I'm like, oh, it's like praying, <laughs> <laughs> but actually different language. And really having such profound, coming to profound stillness with it. Mm. And like that's where there's like, there was a disconnect in like the education of it. Like, you know, the Celtic um, traditions, they basically prayed and gave thanks all the time to everything in nature and to everything they had. It was like part of their daily rituals was just this sense of connecting to spirit and source all the time. And I think mean, that's where there's this whole, the, like in my sense of it, that the church really kind of didn't, didn't kind of teach us that or didn't show us that like, actually, this is just about being connected to spirit and it's not about being good or bad or heaven and hell. It's actually just connecting to spirit and allowing that to, to guide you and help you um, have a beautiful, holistic life and fulfilling your true purpose here.
0: I absolutely love that. And I I have had a very similar process in the idea of kind of coming back around to that and seeing the similarities more so than the differences. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up, it was, you know, differences was all you were ever told or was laid out. And it was very much that yoga was bad and anything considered new age was bad. Crystals were bad. Everything was bad. (laughs) You know, with the exception of this is the way that we want you to practice your spirituality. We approve of this and we disapprove of everything else. Uh, And I find it fascinating that that you had a very similar experience in, you know, two very different cultures, two very different countries. Some would argue that between Catholic and Protestant, that there's not enough similarity even there to compare. Um, But again, you know, how much do we have in common in that? And again, later in life, kind of seeing it come full circle.
1: Exactly. And like, you know, anywhere that people come together, there in prayer is beautiful you mm. know and it's a sacred space and it is like wherever you come together whether it's in a meditation circle together or with a group of friends or into a church it's like it is we, we can create our own sacred space um ourselves and we don't have to necessarily be in a certain building that's in a certain way or um under certain guidelines um that really feels now for me very restrictive as opposed mm. to what um what i really embrace and love about the kind of more spiritual journey as opposed to um, the, the rigidity of the church.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay. So walk me through this. You do it <laughs> yeah. in a mantras class and the next thing you know, you're, yeah.
1: how
0: did, how did that work? <laughs>
1: so I'm at like a mantras class and then I actually you know and this is all part of this like unbeknownst to myself I was on a spiritual journey and I didn't know it you know so I'm going to yoga because it makes me feel good and I have a throat say to the yoga teacher I have this terrible I get these really bad throat issues and he's like you should join the mantras class like that will help your throat chakra and I was like what the hell throat chakra (laughs) um and um Literally, I'll never forget, you know, if this is a whole thing of like stepping into flow and that's where, for me, where spirit is working at its most, when things are happening that you can't even make sense of. So one day I get a phone call. Um, I, no, one day I, um, my parents are away traveling and I'm running the business. And I'm driving into work and I'm actually really late. I'm meant to open up the premises and I'm really late. And this radio, there's a lady on the radio talking about a retreat center in Italy that um, that she had met her partner and I was, I just listened to the whole interview. I pulled up outside my parents, the business and just parked up and just listened to the interview. And I didn't go in to open up. Like it was like <laughs> 10 minutes late, low opening up. And I, she was talking about this place. I'm like, Oh wow, that sounds great. And like five minutes after I've opened up, I go downstairs and the assist um, my assistant is there. And she says. She's like, you know what? Now when your parents come back, you should go on a holiday. And I said, I know exactly where I'm going. Mm. I'm going to that place that had been on the radio. And when I got there, it was like a yoga retreat. And the yoga teacher seemed like she just basically, as you said, Hi, this is the, there's, you have an explicit rating on this. Like, I was like, she looked like she had her shit together. Mm. And I really didn't have my shit together. I didn't know what I wanted. I would go home every Friday evening um, and cry on the couch for hours, not knowing what was wrong with me. And when I reflect back on that time, it was probably my least connected time in my entire life because I did not know what I wanted. Um, My partner at the time would be asking me, like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. But it was like my soul was crying for more. There's more to this, Patricia. And I was really so empty. Um, my cup was not full and I was in a job that was not fulfilling me anymore. Um, a relationship that wasn't fulfilling me. Um, so when I got on this yoga retreat, I just started looking around and seeing this woman and I was like, God, I want to be like her. <laughs> and you know, it's like really a sense of like, be careful what you wish for. Like seriously. So I came back after the retreat and my mom had seen me and us had seen me after, um, She came back from Australia and, you know, she'd seen my sister so happy. And then she just saw me and she's like, I think you need to leave. Hmm. And it like rolled off my tongue. I'm, I'm that's yes. I'm moving to India. I'm going to become a yoga teacher. And they were like, what? Like, honestly, (laughs) I used to go to, like, I wasn't like this committed yoga person. I would go to one class a week and then I went on a retreat. That was it. Like, that was my yoga experience to kind of go, I'm going to become a teacher. And was like, what? (laughs) Where did that come from? Um, And I packed up and moved to India um, like, kind of crashed the car crashed my car got rid of everything basically decluttered my entire life and I think this is where the you know I've always been interested in feng shui actually since I was 15 I had my first books about feng shui um but my biggest declutter ever was um hacking up my life and moving to India and like getting rid of everything that I owned pretty much um and then once I got there i was supposed to be there for like a month and i ended up there nearly a year and a half um and everything happened just in this complete flow um i had like discovered at this stage like once the balls are in motion with the with all of that with them you know, that sense of like, I'm making decision to leave the universe started conspiring. Like my first astrologer came into Lowen's, my first life coach came into the business um, my first yoga teacher, like they all came to me even because mm. I, I was asking for a miracle inside. I was asking for help. I was crying every Friday, not knowing what was wrong with me, but these people were coming in to me and I I was like just dipping my toes in the water with all of these different things and this spirituality and reading these books. And then it was like, oh, I'm going to go to, in-. and I got headed to India. Um, and I did like my first like angel card reading and someone was sick and I, uh, and they said, oh, you sh- you know, do you want Reiki? And next minute they're turning to me saying, what are you going to do with those magic hands? And I'm like, <laughs> nothing. Oh. I said on my hands, like freaking out. So it was really just this sense of like going with the flow and then While I was there, I trained in lots of different modalities. Discovered like I'm like this really powerful, intuitive, um, gifts, and ended up going to Nepal training in sound therapy there. Um, and that led me all the way back to Ireland actually. Um, I had like some very, very auspicious meetings with different people, and basically decided I would learn sound healing. And because I held a singing bowl in my hand and said, Oh if i've if i was to buy one of these bowls, i'd need to know more and within three weeks i was um in a training learning mm. about these bowls, um and they are beautiful for helping people get into a very deep sense of um, relaxation so you can go really deep into meditation really deep into releasing traumas and anxieties and a lot of that um so i ended up meeting a guy and he says to me he's like what do you do and i said oh he's eyes oh, in a cafe and I said, oh, I've just trained in yoga and I'm also doing sound, did sound healing. He's like, oh, that's what I do in Paris. You must come with me tomorrow. So have you bought your singing goals yet? I said, no. So he brings me to this. He said, tomorrow I will bring you um, to see where you can get singing bowls." I was like, oh, grand. So he would walk into this shop the next day and he's this is a poet stranger. And I didn't know that he was also very psychic. And he said um, he goes, this is Patricia. She's bringing sound healing to Ireland. Give her my wholesale prices. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, amazing. Okay. So I basically max out my credit cards, bring back these fruit bowls back to Ireland. My mum was like, my mom called them the fruit bowls. What are you going to do with these bowls? And I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. So it was a very crazy experience. I moved back to Ireland. I brought Buddhist art with me back to Ireland and all these like bowls. And it was all like, I really had no plan. Um, and just trust. It was like this sense of just trust because things just kept ha- unfolding perfectly. And it really just felt like I was in this flow of trust. And that was to do with the fact I was doing yoga and I was meditating and chanting and doing sound healing. And that's when you're in that sense of alignment. Like I feel that's, that for me is is spirituality. That's for me. Is what religion is. It's 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 like there is a source, something up there. I don't know what, whatever we want to call it, but it is guiding us all the time, as long as we're listening and we're open.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's so. What happened to me when we ended? I ended up going back to Ireland, setting up my, doing my setting up my business with fifty euros, and my few bowls. And everyone like, where are you gonna live? I was like, I don't know. And my other my friend said, <laughs> well, you can sleep in my spare bedroom. Um, Another one said you can have my bicycle. So I had a bicycle, I had a bed, you know, I had like these bowls and I had passion for what I was doing. Um, And the the irony of this kind of journey was I got my books about feng shui when I was 15. So as a 15 year old, I knew there was something calling me then to what my real path was. But I had to go through this process to kind of get there, which is kind of the irony, like of the yoga and all those tools, which I use still all the time with my, with my clients and myself personally. Um, but what happened was I set up my practice and I had clients working with me, like releasing trauma, anxiety, doing intuitive work, all of that. It was amazing. And I would start asking them about, like, tell me about your bedroom. What's happening in your kitchen? What's, what's what's going on with your house and they would look at me like I had 10 heads they're like <laughs> what are you talking about like what has this got to do with like my past you know my seven-year-old trauma when I was seven and I'm like oh, okay there's something you know so we really started diving into their homes and at, you know when the students ready, the teacher appears and I started doing some um more feng shui um for love so at this stage my business had grown up to kind of a big enough Uh, a man that I got to move out of the room that my friend had given me the single (laughs) room I got my own apartment and I moved in saying like I am going to attract my soulmate and I'm going to set up this apartment for love and I like wherever it was all that feng shui stuff came back and I set up my bedroom for love I met Ken very soon after he had actually used feng shui as well um, my clients were at the same time. It was all these things happening at the same time. Some feng shui teachers came from across the, around the world into Ireland. And I was like, oh my God, following them, learning, training. And um, we, and I just went, okay, I'm going to do this. So I did it. Um, it was like sitting in a class. I don't know if you've had this uh, um, feeling, Tanya, but if you feel like you've known it already, like mm-hmm. I was set at a class listening, going, huh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> And I was just like, it was just like opening a book again. Like it was like turning on a light switch of like, oh yeah, I remember all this stuff. Um, And that certainly was the case with the feng shui for me. And it made so much sense because when we're on this personal development journey, we spend so much time journeying inwards, releasing trauma, like digging deep, like getting onto our soul's path. Um, And for me now, I'm so, so like, passionate about your physical environment because when you're doing the inner work you need to make sure that the environment you're in is 100 supportive of it Mm. and if it's not supporting you it can be actually holding you back because our energy vibration is rising up yet the building is not changing Mm. um and it can be literally holding us back from what we really want to see and, and unfold for us so that kind of really shifted a lot of things for me then because literally my clients were like, oh, you're doing the function you come to my house. And I would walk in and be like, oh, this is why you're not getting the job. This is why you haven't met the soulmate. This is why, you know, because their physical environment was not in alignment with what they wanted in their lives or what they were the work that they were doing in their lives. And when we match the two of them together, it's that whole energy of synergy, like two plus two, you know, you bring me equals five. It's like, it mm-hmm. just it <laughs> brings, we're, you're all working on the set. You're on the same playing field with everything. Everything's in alignment with your vision for where you're going. Um, and that's that was kind of like, you know, so Ken also dived in with the feng shui. Um, we had a beautiful wedding in our back garden. Um, and this is where for me, it all kind of came full circle around with the feng shui and the spirituality and the land because we had a beautiful shamanic couple marry us in our garden. And before we got married, um, we had obviously had our, our house was all feng shuied, but we wanted to make sure that the land was going to be happy that we were getting married there, and was that, that was you know that just everything was in good good for the day energetically with the land. Um, the land had been in my in my husband and Ken's um, ancestors for, for many, many, many generations. Um, so when the shaman came and did the work on the land and he just checked with it, he was like, yeah, it's all happy, blah, 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 do these few <laughs> things, we were like, all good. And then he walked around the house and he turned to us and he says, you have been the shamans of the home. And for me, mm. that just went, of course we have. Mm. Because feng shui <laughs> is just another word for like harm you know it's just another it's like a, another uh, lineage of of um of creating an energy of a, a positive environment which is what the shamans work with the shamans shamans work with the five elements we we work with the five elements in feng shui it's all so connected you know mm-hmm. and that's where for me it's like we have been taught that we're all separate and different But I am like, no, we're not. And all of these lineages are like all leading us to the same thing. (laughs) You know, harmony, balance, you know, it's just and true alignment with spirit so that we have our home supporting us. We're clear on our path. We're connected to source and we're being led and guided all the way through. So when he said that you've been the shamans of the home, I was like, that's it. That's what we're doing. We're just working with the elements. We're working with the energy of the land. We're working with the elements in the house to neutralize and bring this sense of harmony. Um, and when you have that sense of harmony in the space, it starts working on you as well. Like, so it's just like kind of double whammy because if you've done loads of personal development, you can almost see yourself. Like I can see some clients just like taking off on a rocket ship when they get their house feng shuied. Whereas sometimes it's, it's not, it's not like the total rocket ship. It's like stuff takes off in different directions. Like it's like, Oh yeah, great, great, great. And then what happens is the house kind of goes, Oh, look at this. You have, you, you want this. These are the things (laughs) that need to come up to be cleared or to be worked on before that flows into you. Mm. So it's just this beautiful synergy with personal development and having, um, you know, a, a fertile environment for you to plant your dreams and intentions I
0: love all of this so much. I can't even tell you. And just really being able to step back and to look at the bigger picture. Because I think so often when we're deep in the weeds of doing our own personal work, sometimes it's really easy to lose that perspective of how everything is interconnected and how we are wildly supported. But sometimes we forget And Mm -hmm. that classic, what we look for is what we find, you know, if we think that the world is out to get us or, you know, whatever the case might be, that's going to continue to perpetuate for us. But being able to take that time and and really anchor into the goodness that is here. And at the same time, I'm also, I'm really intrigued by how often you mention trauma, because I think Mm -hmm. that so often We forget that trauma is part of this life and we think that Mm -hmm. it's just the way it is. And unless we're willing to do the work and address it, again, oftentimes we're going to continue those cycles without being aware that we have a part to play in it. And I want to be really careful. I'm, I'm so not accusing the victims here of having bad things happen to them or the idea that they've somehow called that into their lives And then on the flip side of that, there is also that piece of when you recognize the trauma that you can then be proactive about healing it. So could you talk a little bit more about the various ways that you've been able to experience that and especially the healing of it with all these different modalities that you've been exposed to and trained in, how you really see that coming full circle for people to be able to work through the trauma and to be able to release
1: that? Um, um, So I just I feel like, and also I've all since day one I'm like it's just layers of an onion. Mm. So I'm like you're just like peeling away those layers, and sometimes and one of my favorite processes right now is just you know seeing that trauma and just like deciding I don't I'm not I don't want to hold it anymore, mm. and just sending it up the line to whoever you believe like spirit, God, Buddha, you know, Kali, Durga, to just like. Take this away. You know, I I it served me long enough. <laughs> it's brought me to a certain point. And sometimes there's just a learning, there's just a lesson from whatever that process was. Um, and also the other part of this whole sense with the the trauma is realizing that it happened, okay, but it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to define me. Mm. And we can release it and then move on with the rest of our life. Um, and when we do work on releasing it, it is, it does really, it's like taking the pebbles out or taking like the, um, um, like the plug out of the water. So it just starts to create this sense of flow in our lives. Um, and for me, there's just so many different ways of, like, releasing it. I love sound work. I love making mandalas. I love, like, dancing it out. I, like, you know what? And it's, I feel like part of this process is discovering what your way mm. of clearing things works for you. I love that. Because- Every time I do something new, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'll go through phases of different things. Like, and, and oftentimes I can just like lie on the bed and just be like, okay, what's going on here? What do I need to do? to release whatever this is or what needs to be healed or synchronistically like on Thursday I ended up on a meditation circle that and that like and I'm here back in Ireland and when I'm back in Ireland I always know there's things that need to be that have have, like another layer and it's it could be just another layer from a different direction it's like I thought I dealt with this and it's like oh no (laughs) not from this angle or not this little piece of the jigsaw puzzle And I'm at a meditation circle. It's this beautiful healing meditation circle, and a beautiful piece of the jigsaw for me just got like released and Mm. healed so perfectly in a little in a meditation circle, completely unexpectedly. So sometimes it can feel like it's. in the beginning, it's like, oh my God, there's hard work and I'm processing all, processing all this stuff and blah, 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 But like you can find the way that feels easiest for you. And for me, I'm like, what is the easiest way? What's mm. the easiest way maybe in the beginning? And in the beginning, I had like a lot of different facilitators. Like I went to a lot of healers. I went to people who, who guide me. I did lots of workshops and I did, and I still do because I just love that work. I love the feeling of that another layer gone you know, and the aha moments and the beauty of it and how you can kind of go, oh, okay. So this is why I've been doing running this pattern in my life that hasn't been serving me. And once you release it, it changes and it shifts the dynamic of you, your family, your relationships, everything starts to, to shift um, as you work on those, um, those traumas or those issues or those things that have happened in the past.
0: I love that. I love the idea of finding your own individual what works for you. And I feel like that's also mm-hmm. very anti organized religion, which is something that mm-hmm. I love about it even more. <laughs> but just the <laughs> idea of you know, conformity is not the goal. Instead it's an individual yeah. experience that we can then use collectively to raise the vibe Mm -hmm. even higher and to share those experiences. So there's this balance between the individual and the collective, but conformity is never the answer. It's never the goal. Yeah. And it actually,
1: blows my mind um I have run retreats in Bali and I meditation circles and you know so on Friday you know as things just happen so crazy my mom says how's your friend blah 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 and I was like "God, I haven't talked to her in so long and she's like ring her there so I literally picked up the phone rang her and she's like oh hey oh my god so good to hear from you blah 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 and we, she'd been one of those people that had arrived into my life at the time when I was in a huge crisis point in my life and she's like, I'm just setting up the house for a meditation circle this evening. Um, I've one spot left. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, count me in. So, and then she says, Patricia, maybe you'll hold, maybe you'll do something, you know, will you? Because she knows I, I do this and hold space and, and hold circles. And I was like, yeah, sure. So, um... One of my favorite things of doing these, this work is that everyone's experience is completely different. I am whatever, like I'm being guided to whatever piece of music, whatever words that I need to come out, whatever process that comes through me, every single person experiences it completely differently <laughs> and they get exactly what they need from that experience so it it blows my mind like one woman came fell asleep but like that's so cool because like basically her conscious mind was not able to be involved at all it was just like basically totally just the perfect one one other lady someone like she's like oh my god I totally left my body another one was like wow that's so powerful I could feel a shift into my heart chakra and I was like Mm. oh my god this is amazing because it's like we're all in the same room, but I think the other part of that is there's, there's a powerful intention when, when we come together with the intention of connection to spirit, and spirit will give us what we need in that, in that and be, the facilitation will be guided to support people in the highest way.
0: I love that. I love that, and I feel like there's something... You know, I had moments of that in the church and, you know, I'm thinking about, there's a a handful of moments that are coming to mind from, you know, even teenage years and that type of thing. And there is a physical sensation that I experience when I have that level of intimacy with source and with, Mm. you know, with spirit in that moment. And I have to say, I'm having it right now in this conversation and just that Mm. idea of, you know, there's something I think that we lose or not to say that we, that we lose it automatically, but that we could lose when we allow ourselves to become so busy mm-hmm. and wrapped up in the to-dos and, you know, the drama and the outside world and what have you. And we lose that connection that we mm-hmm. have within ourselves and with our own spirit, source, guide, universe, God, goddess, you know, again, I want to be inclusive, you know, in the words that I'm using, but again, to what we've been saying earlier, there's such a commonality that can be experienced here. Yes, We have to choose to create the space to allow that to happen and not Mm -hmm. perpetuate the
1: busy cycle. Totally. Totally. And the other part of this is that like when you dive into that busy cycle, it's like that's when you that's when you do lose connection and when you come back into it and you align yourself with that sense of connection that's where the flow starts to come again and for me that sense of connection and this whole thing and what's evolved so strongly for me is like we have always we can look out in the beginning for me it was like you know finding people to facilitate and help me in the beginning because I didn't know how to do it but or what to do or you know but we are our own healers. We can do the work for ourselves. Like, so whoever's facilitating it's we're still doing the work for ourselves and we have it within us to be able to clear and release whatever needs to be cleared to learn, to grow, to expand. And that only comes through connection to source Mm. and to spirit and God or yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know this is a big question to end on, but at the same mm-hmm. time, <laughs> I'm like, take, good. As much, take as much time as you need or want to in this. Um, because one of the things that is coming up for me in this idea of, I completely agree with you hundred percent. And I know that so many of us who have gone through this deconstruction process, we're still kind of in that space of where do I go from here? And I feel this spirituality in me, but I don't know how to come back to it or how to renew that intuition. Um, What I'm hearing you say is, first of all, there's no one way, but also that there's several Mm -hmm. ways that it could happen. So could you expound a bit more on this idea of we have what we need within us and here's how we can tap into that even further?
1: Yeah. And and for me, tapping into it is doing the things that you love. So Oh, it's, I think that sometimes like when you're in a flow of like a creative and that's where it's like, it is that stepping away from that busyness, like that is a hundred percent it. So you'll get your most creative ideas. You'll get your most, you'll get those aha moments. But a big part for me is like moving into like a receptive mode into the kind of like, whether I have to lie down the bed and play a guided meditation or I'll put on like some classical music tracks and just lie. And just be receptive, like just Mm. literally relax and connect there. And whether it's our sitting in meditation and, you know, that can be one of those, those challenging things to like commit to, but rather than being hard on yourself, being like, okay, well, how can I receive more? How can I, how can I give myself something that's going to be more joyful and more, that's going to make me feel good. And that's where the feeling good thing. Then evolves into that sense of then oh i 'm ready to clear this, or things will come up to be healed
0: mm. I love that, and it, it just strikes me again as such the contrast because you know we were always told growing up to not rely on our feelings that they couldn 't be trusted, mm-hmm. and that you know our emotions were volatile, or you know whatever the case might be, so yeah. many different layers, both implicitly and explicitly don't trust how you feel and time and time again in this conversation in my own experience in other conversations with other you know people who've gone before us and the wisdom and all of this experience to be shared so much of it comes back to pay attention to how you feel that's how we start to
1: bring the pieces back together again exactly and it's like going with it I think that also like the feeling of like right now like a really interesting kind of like physical manifestation had been coming up for me in my lower back for like the last year or two and it's like when it, and I've done so much I've done lots of different processes and releasing from that exact point there and I know that I am just like healing something that needs to be cleared mm-hmm. and if it starts to like niggle a little bit I'm like oh this what do I need to look at in this and whether it's journaling or lying down and just listening to some music and kind of like or just tuning into that part of my body and then we're like oh okay that's ready to go thank you very much goodbye yeah right. so so it's um or I've worked with someone to help me with this or I've gone to a workshop to be like oh this and then that happens to unfold to, to come up to be looked at I'm like oh here we are you know and and um it just it blows my mind when we do spend some time looking at it and then how free we feel after we've released it from our body because it can get stuck in our energy system. And that's where the danger is, is that any of those that, that we're not like acknowledging our feelings, any of these aches, pains, all of that, it's like, it's, I'm less likely to go to a doctor and more likely to lie down and go ask my body what's going on, what needs to be released here.
0: I love that and translating that into our homes. I mean, I've seen that firsthand in working with you and I haven't actually talked about the house very often on the podcast. So, For anyone who doesn't know, I bought an old fixer upper home and it was abandoned for many years. There was quite a lot of hardship for the family that was here before me, and in the meantime, it was taken over by uh, squatters and raccoons. (laughs) So there was (gasps) plenty of things that needed to be cleared out before my family could come in and really experience the kind of love and laughter and joy and the positive trajectory that you know we're on now so there was a bit of work to be done in the spiritual side of really preparing for that and releasing all the negative things that had been experienced before we even came into the picture
1: yeah exactly and that's a big thing with them you know um homes and energy especially buildings you know because so much has gone on before in homes and it it's it hasn't been cleared like no one has done, you know, may have done some energy work on it, but the physical manifestation of what's going on between the walls really is, um, it can be literally directly impacting our own energy bodies and our own lives. And that's where, you know, all the things I've talked about today, it's like, it's this invisible source this invisible energy. And it's the same thing that's going on in your house. Like your house has ears, it has emotions, it has its own personality and it's either a hundred percent in alignment and supportive of you or not. And if it's not supporting you, there's some, there'll be some crazy manifestations of stuff in your life that you're like, what the hell am I doing wrong? <laughs> and, it's, and then that's when I come in and I'm like, it's actually not you like let's just work on some energy like bring the balance the harmony back into the space and that will then you'll see the flow come back into place so it's it it just is it blows our mind
0: (laughs) oh my goodness I knew that this was going to be a lot of fun and uh, (laughs) yes all all of the above Thank you so much for making time yes. for this. There's, there's so many layers and I feel like there's a thousand more things I want to to ask you about and to talk about. And at the same time, this is such a good place to kind of give an overview of how it's all connected.
1: Um, so yeah. thank you again, just for for making time for this. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing and I just am so pleased that this conversation has been had. And you know what? It's, it's not a... Um, I love it because I'm like, this isn't like a typical podcast. This is a conversation that's real about like where we came from and what we're doing and, and how the church has, has impacted us and ha- how we can still have spirit in our lives mm. that may not just be in a traditional form and opening up to the, the um, just opening everyone up to the opportunities that are out there for us to really be um, led by spirit.
0: Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank I can you. tell you right now already that I would love to have you back because I would love mm. to hear more about mm. the kind of that cross section you mentioned about understanding what was happening in the land before Christianity mm. and how that all got merged together because I think that's another, another aspect of how the culture totally. was created within the church and how that's been perpetuated down for generations and generations. So I think exactly. that's a whole nother.
1: Yeah conversation <laughs> totally and i would love to because that's like one of the big things that's coming up a lot for me right now and i'm going to be in ireland for a and in two weeks time i was spending a week doing lots of work with the land here and in mm. ancient celtic um burial sites um and different and different um uh kind of like they are like basically sacred spaces and sacred sites around Ireland that are very, very potent energetically where a lot of ritual was held and, um, And just, yeah, I would love that conversation too. So um, yeah, let's do it.
0: Love it, love it, love it. Well, Patricia, thank you again. Uh, And for you guys who are listening in, don't forget that if you want to be a part of our survey for the book that's in process, you can find our link here in show notes to be a part of that. And you have the option, it can be completely anonymous. It'll take you about five minutes or less, just about your experience thus far. So thank you again for listening and for being a part of this. And Patricia, I'm already looking forward to the next one.
1: <laughs> Thank you so
0: much. We will see you all soon. Bye bye.